Welcome to the sermon podcast of Grace Episcopal Church in Newton Corner, Massachusetts. I'm Regina Walton, pastor and rector. Today is Sunday, December 19th, Advent 4 of Year C, and the sermon is based on Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 55. I am a fan of a British parody site on Facebook called Man Who Has It All. Its premise is simple and brilliant. Each and every post takes the kind of typical self-help advice that is given to women and applies it to men. It is funny pretty much each and every time. Here is one of their recent Christmas-themed posts. There are two lists, John's jobs and Claire's jobs. Here are John's jobs. Plan and negotiate who is going where on Christmas Day. Buy and wrap kids' presents. Buy and wrap presents for your family and her family. Buy kids' party clothes. Buy kids' advent calendars. Buy kids' Christmas sweaters. Sort out toys to make space for new toys. Christmas food shopping. Meal planning. Decorate the house. Buy, write, and send Christmas cards. Tidy the house for visitors. Simple homemade wreath. Christmas crafts with kids. Bake cookies. And then about 10 other items. And then make Christmas magical for everyone. Here is Claire's list. Get Christmas decorations down from the attic. Put Christmas tree in tree stand. Put batteries and toys on Christmas day. Light Christmas pudding. And that's the list. Suddenly, the kind of normal, unspoken expectations that we have of women become ridiculous and impossible when applied to men. Of course, underlying the humor is some provocative truth-telling about a lack of gender equity in most heterosexual marriages and partnerships. I've said for many years, though uh, never before in a sermon, I don't think, that the priesthood is the biggest mom job ever. And I'm amazed that the church ever let men do it. <laughs> let alone have restricted it to men for so many centuries. Think about it. Here we are in this supersized house as a supersized family. And the priest's job is to make sure that everyone has everything they need to grow up right, to do their best and to serve God. Because we are all always children of God. There's no grown-ups of God, remember. We're always children of God. And children, at any age, whether they're nine days or 99 years old, need tending and nurturing and looking after. Like motherhood, priesthood is a bit of an impossible job. Fortunately, very fortunately, We are not dependent on our own strength, but on God's grace to us as we minister. Yesterday was a really big day in the annals of Grace Church, as two of our own were priested. Rowan Larson, just around the corner at Redeemer Chestnut Hill. And also in the morning, Lauren Killalay in Virginia. Yay, Lauren! 
I'm so delighted to welcome Rowan and Lauren as priestly colleagues, and I rejoice for the Episcopal Church that it will have the benefit of the priestly ministry of these two incredibly gifted people. Welcome Rowan and Lauren to the impossible work of the priesthood. No matter your gender identification, priesthood is, I maintain, the biggest mom job ever. And so it is fitting that in today's gospel, we have two mothers-to-be who are exemplary models of priestly ministry. Mary and Elizabeth are cousins whose lives have intersected in an incredibly intimate way with God's plan for salvation. And when they meet, each carrying new life, they join together in a kind of prophetic, poetic outburst and throwdown. Elizabeth, in her actions and words, immediately recognizes who Mary truly is. She names what Mary's vocation is to be. Why has this happened to me, she says, that the mother of my Lord has come to me. Priests are to be recognizers, vocation noticers and namers, and sometimes seed planters. One of our jobs is to be paying attention to individuals and to the needs of the community and to notice who has the spiritual or temporal gifts for the ministry that the congregation needs at that particular moment in big ways and small, and then to invite them to consider that ministry. Sometimes the priest is the first one to recognize a particular gift in an individual, even before the individual themselves. This is one way that the Holy Spirit works in Christian community. So it's especially important that priests remain attuned to the community they serve, both inside and outside of the walls of the congregation. And the best way of staying attuned and paying this kind of close attention is through prayer. Elizabeth blesses Mary twice in this conversation, first in the words that have become part of the Angelus or the Hail Mary, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then in this poignant blessing, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. One of the great gifts of the priesthood is the ability to bless people. And this happens both formally but also informally. We should extend God's blessing to all whom we meet. Mary responds to Elizabeth by proclaiming the prophetic song of the Magnificat, which begins, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Priests have a special role as voice and vehicle for the praise of the church. We are the amplifiers, the loudspeakers, lifting up the prayers and praise of the gathered congregation to God and encouraging the congregation to lift up their praise as well. We are called to this rejoicing and praise in all times and in all places. There's always something for which we can give praise and thanks to God. Mary's prophetic song is rooted in the story of her people, Israel, the people of God. Her song is rooted in the Hebrew scriptures and she is placing herself 
and her community squarely in the middle of that story. Mary is casting a vision of what God will do next. And this is a prophetic vision of justice and equity, where what is wrong with the world will be made right, where the weak will be lifted up and the powerful will be humbled, where no one will be exploited and where everyone will have what they need to thrive, where God will rule with love and justice. And where equity will extend even to heterosexual marriages. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Priests are to be storytellers and vision casters. And the stories we tell and the visions that we cast are rooted in scripture. Our proper job is to help people to find their place in God's story in our own day. I'm always curious about Luke chapter 1, verse 51. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. That line in the Magnificat, or in the King James Version, in the imaginations of their hearts. God's work with any individual begins in the imagination of the heart. So much of Jesus' teaching pointed to the fact that without a true internal change of heart, external change is not possible. All revolutions start from within. The holy work of reshaping, revisioning, recasting, renewing, it all begins with the heart. The priest must be concerned with the imagination of the hearts of their people, where it is robust and where it is deficient. We must nurture, shape, and feed the imaginations of our people with the stories of the people of God. Our job is to enlarge and expand the heart's imagination to be like Christ's, all loving and all encompassing. And this work very much goes back to the priestly parenting metaphor. There's much uh, in the news today about parents being mindful of the media that their children consume what and how much and when. This question of media consumption and screen time, I believe, is really about the power of story and imagination and vision and possibility that which are so formative. What stories are going to take up residence in that child's imagination? Where do children see themselves in these stories? And where do they not see themselves? Are these stories going to produce children and then adults who are loving and compassionate or calloused and hard-hearted? Are these stories going to produce exploiters or reconcilers, makers or takers? It's the same with the Christian imagination. The priest is constantly concerned with the cultivation of their people's imagination. Mary and Elizabeth are models of the priesthood for us, and not only for those of us who are ordained as presbyters, but for all of us, for the whole priesthood of all believers, which is a scriptural concept that is really central to, especially to our faith as Protestant Christians, the idea that all of us, through our baptisms, have been ordained in our baptisms to share in this priesthood. 
All of us are called to be recognizers and vocation namers. All of us are to bless the people that we meet in the name of God, verbally or non-verbally. All of us are to praise God until our very lives become an act of praise. All of us are to find ourselves in the great story of the people of God and to welcome and invite others into that story. It's a tall order, but we do not do it on our own strength, but through the strength of the one who became incarnate for our sake. Jesus came to earth to make the world that Mary described in the Magnificat a reality. And our job is to help him. And the priest's job is to make sure that the church, the gathered congregation of the faithful, has everything that it needs to do this work and to call others into their own ministries. It's a bit of an impossible job, but as Jesus said, Nothing is impossible with God. So Rowan and Lauren, may you be priests like Elizabeth and Mary, recognizers and namers of vocations, prophets, storytellers, and vision casters for God's people, nurturers of the imaginations of the saints, and cooperators with the Holy Spirit in the renewal of the world. God bless you in this work all the days of your lives. In God's name, amen.